Hello and welcome to another episode of Cooperatively Speaking, Annie and I podcast. I'm your host, David Manns. Thank you for joining us today. We have an exciting conversation with a few of my friends. And before we get into the conversation, I want to ask you, if you look around your room, your dorm, your school, your institution, what's something that you know you have lots of but don't often see? Right? That's probably a trick question. You might think, well, there's air conditioning everywhere, lighting. Uh, there's things that power that. But really, I mean, how far can you go in your house, in your building, in your office without walking past a battery? They're, they're not usually out or seen. They're in something. And that's going to be part of our conversation today. It's a, something that we maybe look past or something that's benign. But what we want to offer today is some exciting new technology that you might not be aware of to help you be a little bit more efficient in this space. So with that primer, I'd like to introduce a few of my friends. Brooke Taylor is with Duracell, and she has a ton of experience in this space, along with Scott Rule, National Account Manager with Batteries Plus, so Brooke and Scott, welcome to the party. Thank you. Thanks, David. Yeah, so let's jump right in. So Scott, tell me a little bit more about what you do, Batteries Plus, and what we're going to be talking about today. Sure. Thanks, David. So besides the most common types of AA, AAA, Ds, and Cs, you'll find a variety of other important batteries in our facilities and stores. In fact, probably five to 10 miles from everyone's campus would be a couple of our different sites. And when you visit our stores, uh, you'll find a wide variety of different types of batteries uh, from sealed lead acid, which is used for fire and security panels, emergency exits, backup power. Uh, you'll find starter lighting ignition batteries for cars and trucks, campus fleet, buses, lawn equipment, and then all sorts of different types of bulbs and, and lighting. But I think for today's focus, we're going to focus in on probably uh, an area of alkaline batteries that, uh, especially in today's world with touchless devices, I think that everyone will find really uh, interesting. Yeah, I, I learned quite a bit. Uh, you know, there are some places you go if you find, you know, an old motor somewhere that doesn't even have a plate on it anymore. There's there's certain places you can go where you know those people are going to know what that motor or fan is. And uh, Batteries Plus is that way with uh, batteries and these type of devices. You can bring in something in there that they're the wizards behind the counter to help out with that. And so Brooke, I, I want to bring you in. You're our resident expert and you were giving us some really good information on the way our life is changing, the way we use devices and how the battery technology is needed to update and change with that. Can you talk to us a little bit more about that? The battery device market has grown so much, even in just the last few years, we use six times more batteries than we did just three years ago. And a lot of that has to do with the IoT or connected devices. There's a lot more motion activated devices out there and other smart devices, as well as touchless devices. And that has become so much more true since the pandemic, right? Everybody wants things to be touch free. They don't want to have to touch a faucet. They don't want to have to manually flush a toilet when they're in the bathroom. So you see all of these touchless devices really coming into different facilities that you wouldn't have necessarily seen them before. A lot of educational facilities are um, retrofitting their properties to be more touchless to really address kind of that situation. You mentioned devices. 
that can be a pretty broad spectrum. Can you kind of give us a list? Some of the main things, especially that are kind of tied back to that pandemic and hygiene and really wanting to be touch-free include things like hand sanitizer dispensers. So that's a really, really big one. You see hand sanitizer dispensers everywhere now. If you go onto a college campus, oftentimes you'll see them every you know few hundred yards. Additionally, there are uh, touch-free faucets touch-free flushometers. So if you're in a bathroom, you know, and you don't want to have to touch that flush handle, there's those automatic flushometers, as well as touch-free paper towel dispensers, and even touch-free door locks and door openers. You mentioned that those new devices are, are different. Are you traditional battery for the remote control for your television or for your flashlight? It's, it's on and off, and it's a relatively consistent, even your power tools, right? There's, um, you know, new battery technology within power tools, but it's slightly different than the devices that we're using today. They're high drain devices. Can you tell me a little bit more about what makes that different than a traditional battery or device like a remote control for your television? With all of these different devices that are coming into the market, we bring them into our global R&D facility to understand what those different power requirements are. And that's when we realize there's really kind of two buckets. So there's your traditional devices like you mentioned things like batteries or a smoke alarm, a wireless keyboard or mouse. But then many of these new devices that have come into the market within the last even 10 years are high drain devices. So things that require a burst of power to either operate a motor or create some kind of motion or flash. And so we realized that the current battery that was in the market that's been around for 30 plus years does not serve those hydrogen devices to deliver that burst of power. And that's why we created a battery specifically to address those hydrogen devices. So it's probably not a good proclamation of myself, but I would consider myself sort of a skeptic. I would say, you know, you see that new thing out and you're like, okay, all right, this new battery, is it the same thing with a cool red label on it? Or is it, you know, just marketing? What makes this battery any different than the other? I, I think if I put myself in a place where I'm changing out batteries for devices, say, and just we'll just say bathrooms, it's the most common. We all have bathrooms in our facilities and especially in schools that they're all over and we want them to look good. Everyone now has those signs too on the front where you have the happy face, the, that's green, the, the yellow face, you know, okay, indifferent, and red face. We all want the green smile, right? And I think this is true to that. If you go to the, the sink and it doesn't work, you try to get paper towels and it doesn't work uh, and it didn't flush, it's a red face experience. And, and we don't want that. How are these batteries truly different technology-wise that makes a difference in these settings? And quite honestly, David, it's a great question because there are companies out there that do just slap a different label on a battery and call it something else. That's definitely not what we've done here. So kind of going from the outside to the inside of the battery, we'll start with the can. So we use a special cobalt coating on our cans, which helps reduce impedance and accelerate recovery. Kind of the next layer in a battery is the cathode. That's the positively charged part of the battery. We actually used a pelleted design versus an extrusion technology. So extrusion technology is that technology that's about 30 years old, but we've created this pelleted design so that we have a more consistent surface area within that cathode. And that means that the separator paper is going to contact that cathode completely, which then goes into the anode. Speaking of that separator paper, our separator paper is designed to reduce internal resistance and shorting, right? So all batteries have that separator paper so that it doesn't short, but so that those ions positively and negatively charged can flow through. Um, so ours reduces that resistance, but of course still uh, makes sure that the battery doesn't short. 
And then our electrolyte solution in our anode helps optimize the active material, which is the zinc, to improve the efficiency. So, um, you know, all of these things together really ensure that this battery is not only longer lasting in hydrating devices, but also recovers a lot more quickly. So you mentioned, you know, the green happy face in the bathroom. And um, I can't tell you how many times I've gone into a bathroom and stuck my hand under either a hand sanitizer or a soap dispenser right after somebody, and it doesn't work right away that's actually the battery recovering. And so our intense battery doesn't do that because it recovers a lot quicker than just your normal general purpose battery. Yeah, that completely makes sense. I know I've had that experience where the dispenser for soap just drains slowly. You're like, it looks like the battery's dying, but it might be a perfectly good battery. It's just not the right battery for the right application and doesn't have time to hit really hard, recover quickly. You mentioned in one of our conversations, the cost of a battery, these are a bit more expensive. And I think just like anything, you get what you pay for. But you had some interesting information on the total cost of the battery and what all is included. And I think you just alluded to it with having to change batteries out. Tell me a little bit more about that. When you look, for example, at a typical educational facility, almost 70% of the device ownership cost is the labor to change out the batteries. The battery cost itself is only around 30%. And so when you think about that a little bit further, according to the National Bureau of Labor Statistics, the average hourly wage for U.S. employees in the service sector in August of this year was $28.64 per hour. So if you took a high school, let's say, with 3,500 students, which is kind of an average in the larger metropolitan areas, the annual cost of labor alone attributed to battery replacement in that high school could be as high as $67,000 a year. That same school could save almost $18,000 a year by utilizing the right battery and the right device and getting the longest life out of those batteries. So when I think of a facility, these batteries are not often in, in easy to reach places. And oftentimes you don't want to disrupt. Again, it's not just bathrooms. There's a lot of different areas, but I think that's the most common experience we have. I know I've gone to an airport where there's been restrooms closed. They're doing maintenance on them and that's kind of frustrating. But if they have to do maintenance less often, that's better. So that's really quite a bit. And then you think of other things like ladders, wet floors, scissor lifts, other things that contribute toward safety uh, of the individual changing those out or to the people around you. Having to touch those devices less often is much better. So, you know, sustainability is also really becoming top of mind for many. And so it's important to note the environmental impact of using less batteries. So using that 3,500 student high school as an example, again, you could reduce CO2 emissions by up to 473 pounds annually and use 15,692 less batteries by utilizing that right battery and the right device. Wow, that's big. I know sustainability is especially large and important on campus. So saving money over the long term with labor, which, man, is, is a tough situation now. We're having a lot less people in facilities and really in several departments than we had just a while ago. And if we think of just the last 10 years, how technology has changed uh, with these devices, how we use them, how we interact with them at such a high level, it's very, very different. And I think the technology also has to move forward. And it's nice to see that the things powering these devices not only are more sustainable, but they're also giving the right battery for the right application. That's absolutely accurate, David. I mean, you can visit www.profile.com to see more information about how much you, you know a particular 
facility could save, but also really what product goes in what devices, because that's a question a lot of people have, right? Okay, there's this dual portfolio and you talk about high drain and low drain, which products are for which device? And we actually have device maps on that website to really kind of show where those high drain products would really be utilized and could get the best life. You know, you, you have this conversation probably every day, if not several times a day. If you could educate the people that use batteries, which I guess is everyone that has a pulse, <laughs> uses a battery of some kind, even if you have a cell phone, you're using a battery. But if, if there's something that you couldn't scream loud enough from a rooftop to tell people, is there any advice that you would give them from your perspective and your experience? I mean, especially for the professional user, I would say to ensure that you're getting the correct battery, make sure that you're buying it through an outlet that's selling professional batteries. A lot of times you'll see properties across many different industries that are purchasing retail batteries at a retail outlet. And that's not necessarily the right battery for their right device. So it's all about, you know, knowing that any kind of battery manufacturer is really researching devices and creating that innovation that's going to address that devices. And you can be sure you're going to get it when you get a hydrain battery for a hydrain device. You mentioned something, Brooke, where you said that you want to make sure you buy your batteries from a reputable place. And, and I think that's true of anything. I know when I want to buy something like brakes for my vehicle, I'm not going for the cheapest person on the side of the street that says, hey, I do brakes. You want to make sure that you get batteries, especially in a professional setting, from a reputable place that are packaged well, that have a clear kind of chain of custody, and not just your cheapest location somewhere online or at a store that also kind of throws some batteries on the shelf. I think that's just like with anything else we do. We want to make sure that we're getting the right products for the right applications so that our output, our production, whatever it is that we're doing for our students, our staff, our customers is really top notch. And we don't want something like a battery to hinder the experience that people have with us because they are so important. We touched on sustainability. We touched on the number of times we have to change the battery. And then we also touched on having the right battery for the right application in high drain devices. Can you tell me how to find out what a high drain device is? Is there something on the label? Is it just the way that it works? Can you tell me more? So that if I'm looking and I tell my people, hey, listen, Hydrain devices need this battery. How do they know what those hydrain devices are? I did mention, obviously, on Procell.com that we do have what we call our device maps. And so that goes throughout multiple different facilities and multiple different verticals. So we do have one specifically for education that you can click through on the site into the different areas that you would see at all the way from elementary to higher education, dorms, things like that. And it'll list all of the potential devices with whether it's low drain or high drain. So that's one way, but the easy way, if you're just, you know, in, in the room or in your facility is to think, does this device require a surge of energy? Does it need to create motion? So when you think about a hand sanitizer or soap or paper towel dispenser, that's creating that motion, right? To create the flow of soap or the paper towel to come out, or does it require, again, a larger burst of energy? So the, is it a flash? Is it a camera that needs to come on quickly in emergency light? Those are the other things that would be considered high drain. And then as far as low drain, it's something that, again, always pulls a little bit of power. So you can think a smoke alarm is always pulling a little bit of energy, a keyboard, a mouse, anything like that, that's kind of an always on, but doesn't require that burst or pulsating energy. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Scott, you 
uh, have a ton of experience within the space and so does Batteries Plus. There are so many different types of batteries and we're talking about one specific one. I think it's the most commonly used in these common spaces, but there are so many other devices that have different types of battery with technology. I know if you look at just the industrial space with cleaning, how many new types of floor scrubbers or electric vehicles, there's so many different things that require electric and batteries now more than ever before, right? The electrification of our society is really taking off and batteries are having to keep up with the pace. Where does Batteries Plus fit in that world? Well, you're absolutely right, David. We're seeing more and more use of backup power, backup batteries, generators, as an example. Um, we could go through a long list of all the different applications, fire security panels, uh, backup power in the IT department, um, your fleet vehicles, your equipment, cleaning equipment. And so, you know, I think the common theme that we've emphasized today where Batteries Plus takes great pride we're more focused, I would say, locally on trying to get to know the staff and understand the application so that we can give you a good, better, best recommendation. Certainly, if price is the bottom line, we can sell you, you know, a good product at the right price, uh, but we can also give you recommendations for, you know, maybe a higher quality item at a higher price. We'll work closely with the staff to, to make sure we you find the right product for the right application. Because it is true, the fewer times you have to replace a battery or a light bulb, for that matter, uh, the less you spend. Yeah, you go to an expert when you want to get uh, expert advice. And the same thing here, it's important. Well, thank you so much for the information that you've given us. I know that those things that you walk past on a daily basis are sometimes more important than you think. And batteries, I think, is one of those things in my mind a confession here is one of those things that I don't think is very important. I just buy anywhere and use however I see fit, but apparently I've been not using the right batteries and the right applications. And so I'm, I'm grateful to have learned a little bit more. And that's the intent of cooperatively speaking, our podcast is to give you intelligent information, some little tidbits that you might not have known before. Well, Brooke and Scott, thank you so much, Brooke from Duracell. I'm grateful for your advice, your expertise. You're taking time out to educate us on a product that we overlook often that we maybe take for granted, but really having the right product for the right solution is very important and not only can help us achieve the goals that we have, but also can help be a safety issue, a sustainability issue. There's some large things that batteries do for our life. And if we do it wrong, can really negatively impact our, our life, but you've taught us how to do it correctly. And Scott, uh, you being here, Scott Roll from Batteries Plus, we're grateful for your expertise, having the expertise in each location all around the country for any product that you have that has a battery and them helping you match up with that. All of the information we've mentioned today, the links, the advice is all going to be on our website at www.eandi.org forward slash podcasts. You'll see the device maps and the cost calculator. You'll also see any references that we've had from this conversation today so that you can go in and continue to educate yourself on this topic. Thank you for listening to another episode of Cooperatively Speaking. Please subscribe wherever it is you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode of Cooperatively Speaking.